You're listening to Mission Lab. Mission Lab. From our living human, Benjamin. Here's our parents, Sean and Camille Brace. Welcome, you're listening to Mission Lab. My name's Camille Brace, and I'm here with my husband, Sean, and this is episode eight, and today we're talking about gospel identity. I just wanted to point out before we get into this, Camille, what you may not realize is, even though we're recording this ahead of time, this is actually being uh, released on our anniversary. So, happy anniversary. (laughs) Thank you, that's so special. And uh, we're actually, right now, sleeping in a big army tent as this is being released hopefully we're still sleeping it's about eight o'clock in the morning but uh thank you all for wishing us happy anniversary july 17 but yes we're talking about gospel identity today and i just want to start with a little story that has helped me recognize the significance and the need for this Uh, about a year or so ago when we were um starting down this course of missional communities doing missional stuff I was getting pretty anxious because I realized that it was not going as, quote-unquote, fast as I was hoping it would. Uh, It takes a little time to develop community. Uh, It takes a little time to feel like you're actually discipling people. And uh, so I was just getting anxious. I was like, boy, and I mentioned this actually in the last episode with Ellie. I was just like, Oh, come on. We got to go faster. We got to go faster. We got to go faster. And I was getting pretty anxious. And um, I actually decided I would take you and and the kids, Camille, were were, uh, down on Cape Cod with with your mother visiting. And I took a day where I just said, I need a spiritual retreat. And so I took off for the day, went down. Actually, we mentioned it the last time you and I were together to Bard Island Preserve. And I just took a whole day where I was just going to kind of decompress. I was going to reflect. I was going to read. I was going to uh, soak in, you know, spiritual themes. And as I was driving there, I was listening to a song by a friend of ours that uh, we both know. Her name is Allison Brooke. I don't know if Allison's listening to this. I think maybe she has at times. But uh, the song is called The Heart of the Matter. And the words of the chorus say this, the heart of the matter, the only thing that lasts, the issue, the substance is Jesus. It's a gorgeous song. It's a beautiful song. I would highly recommend you listen to it if you've never heard it before. Alison Brooke, it's called The Heart of the Matter. And as I was listening to those words, I was just thinking to myself, this is it. This is what I need to hear because I was sensing that my purpose and my calling and my identity was wrapped up in being effective as a pastor, being effective missionally, being effective, being affected by uh, being a community leader. And at the end of the day, really what it all boils down to is Jesus. What it all boils down to is the gospel. And so even if I fail at everything else in life, as long as at the end of the day, I am heart to heart with Jesus and I am in, and I allow myself to be embraced by him then that's what's most important that's the substance that's the heart of the matter. And so what I've 
what I've tried to do is ever since then try to be mindful of the fact that all of this is predicated on and is grounded in the gospel. It's grounded in who we are in Christ and 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 what he's done for us. And so I think sometimes I assume that everybody knows what the gospel is and that, oh yeah, we all have it figured out and we we we're all working from that reality. But we need to make sure that we are grounded in the gospel because everything flows from that. Now, of course, we have to ask the question, what is the gospel? What is the gospel? Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so the gospel, to my understanding, is what Jesus did, which, of course, was die on the cross for us. And it's what he is doing and what he will do and what he continues to do for us on a daily basis. <clears throat> yeah. So our... our gospel identity is so significant for this whole missional discipleship approach because everything must flow out of what he's done for us, who we are in him, and what he continues to do in and through us because it all needs to flow from that identity. Yeah, and when, and when, and when we look at it in terms of community, in order to have true community, um, we can't be without the gospel. So that means like acceptance, love, forgiveness, deliverance from shame. Um, and how I see that play out in my life on a daily basis, I feel like um, there's like these little voices in my head. And for those of you who are parents or, I mean, it can be for any profession. I feel a lot of the time shame for not... Um, being that parent, not being good enough, or, mm. you know, you look at your kids and they're acting up or they're misbehaving or, you know, they're not doing this or they're not doing that. And you just think, wow, I must be like really messing them up. And it has taken a lot of <clears throat> um, gospel fluency in my own life to get rid of that guilt, get rid of that shame and really embrace what Christ did for me what he's doing for me and what he will continue to do for me so your your identity and your significance in life is not founded upon your performance as a parent right it's strictly from christ and what he is to me yeah so some people will hear that and they're like whoa they're freaking out because they say well that means you're just gonna be a failure because you say ah it doesn't matter what i do but I find that the opposite is true, is that when I'm grounded in the reality of God's love for me, when I'm grounded in the reality that I'm fully known by God and yet fully loved by God, then that actually frees me to simply be who God wants me to be mm-hmm. so, that, so that I'm not like striving to be somebody by my own strength. And I'm not striving for significance through my behavior or my perfect performance. Yeah, and I don't know if we've talked about that concept before, I can't remember, but to be fully known and to be fully loved is just like a phenomenal concept. And um, I don't know, have we talked about that before? I think we've mentioned it maybe in passing. But... When you get to know someone or if you don't know someone at all or to think like someone may not love me because they don't know X, Y, or Z about me, mm. um, it's just amazing to feel that acceptance from Christ and to 
know that you have that acceptance from him because he knows everything about you um, is just an awesome, awesome yeah. thing. And that's that's where it comes down for me. That's what that's what that's how the gospel speaks. The good news. That's the <laughs> best news to me is that I am fully known by God, but I'm fully loved by God. So as you say, if I don't feel like I'm fully known, then I can't feel like I'm fully loved because there's always a sense that you may not really love me if you only knew this about me. Yeah. But but what the gospel tells us is that God knows all of the junk and yet he still values, loves, and accepts us. And And, and as I said... We cannot fully experience mission, discipleship, community if this good news is not saturating all that we are and all that we do. Because if I don't understand that good news to me, then I'm going to be exacting or manipulative or controlling or... I'm going to be fearful of you because right. what often what happens so many times is that if we're not if we're not grounded in the gospel, we try to control other people because we think that our value comes through their approval. And one of the things I've been talking about lately as well is this idea of wholeness. And uh, you know, I was struggling recently with with you know similar to past experiences where I was craving people's approval, and I realized that I was seeking wholeness through their approval of me and there's this and that that will never happen because there's always going to be someone that disapproves there's always going to be someone who wants you to be something different wants you to do something more so yeah so this this hebrew word that and i'm sure many of us have heard it it's called shalom we we probably many of us have heard that word before it's a hebrew word in the bible and we often think of it as being translated as peace but it's certainly peace, but it's so much more than that. It's wholeness. It's completeness. So I don't need to be completed by somebody else. I am completed by God. And in fact, there's this awesome verse in Isaiah chapter 26 where it says, God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on on thee. So when our minds are dwelling upon God and his love and his acceptance and his grace, Isaiah says that he will keep us in perfect peace. And in fact, in Hebrew, sorry to get technical here, and to, hopefully I'm not boring. John loves the Hebrew. I love the Hebrew. Uh, in actually, fact, he actually wrote me a Valentine's Day card in Hebrew once. It went over real well. <laughs> yeah, that was the first Valentine's Day we were married. Thank you, Camille, for happy happy anniversary. Yes, Speaking of yes. It. But in Hebrew, that verse actually says shalom, shalom. So it's like God assures us of double shalom, double wholeness. We are going to be so complete in him that we won't have to find you know, we 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 don't need to search for our wholeness in other people. So um, that's just been helpful for me. And like I said, if we're going to experience the fullness of community, to be safe communities, safe environments, if we're going to have an environment of acceptance and inclusivity, then we need to be grounded in this good news of what God has done for us and what he's doing for us. And he's seeking to continue to make us whole as we come and 
receive that love from him. Yeah. Definitely. So the thing too about this is, uh, and I love this expression, is that what God has done to you, you, he wants to do through you. He wants to do through you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what what do we mean by that? What he's done to you, he wants to do through you. So basically, as he makes us whole, as he accepts us, as he loves us, he wants to now do that through us to other people so that we can uh, find our, as we find our acceptance and value in Christ, we can extend that to other people so that we embrace them with the good news that we ourselves have been embraced with. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think part of that is when you're living out the gospel, we're wanting to then share with others what Christ has done to us, and then God is going to use us, so through us, um, to share his good news. And something that comes to mind for me is that um, after my uh, second year in college, I decided to do mission work, and I ended up going to the Marshall Islands, to a small island called Ebi, and I went there for uh, maybe a little over 10 months, a full school year. Um, I went over to teach high school history, which is um, what I majored in in college. Um, and when I got over there, they actually needed me to teach uh, kindergarten and preschool. So I ended up teaching preschool in the morning, kindergarten in the afternoon, and um, to kids that spoke very, no English to very little English. Um, it was an amazing, amazing time. But we went over there to spread the gospel, to teach others about Christ, to um, share our knowledge of what Christ has done for us. <clears throat> and you always heard it. I mean, I've heard it many times before where you don't need to go overseas to be a missionary. You just do it right where you are. And I've heard that concept. I don't think I've ever really applied it, though. Um, and it hasn't been until recently, and I don't want to state my age, but... <clears throat> It's taken me X amount of years to finally figure out that where I am, which is right now Bangor, Maine, there are people I am living next to, people that I'm meeting in the grocery store, people that I'm meeting at the library, wherever it may be, yeah, they may have heard the name of Jesus, but they know absolutely nothing about him. Um, They they don't know um, some of the Bible stories. They don't know... uh, what a prayer is. It's it's amazing. And for me right now, living out that gospel and showing what God has done for me and him using me to really reach people and really try to get his love across to them um, has been really eye-opening and a, really a big challenge because I look at life completely different now. Whereas... <clears throat> Um, before I kind of just always thought in my small Christian bubble, oh yeah, people know about Christ, but they just, you know, aren't interested, but it's really not the case. There's so many people out there who are searching and so many people out there who really don't know anything about Jesus besides they've heard his name before. Mm. So, or they may use it as a swear or that too. (laughs) Yeah. So, and it's not, of course, it's not only about proclaiming the gospel. It's about demonstrating the gospel. It's about living out the gospel. So as we interact with people and we, you know, we could ask ourselves, what would it look like 
to proclaim the gospel to this person if I couldn't talk? You know, what would it look like, the good news about God's love and acceptance and value of me? How would I demonstrate that to somebody? And so, you know, a very practical way to do it is just spend time with people and and do nice things for them and bless them. And again, this is all about living out the gospel, but we need to be grounded in the good news of what Jesus has done and will do for us uh, in order to live it out. We can't fake it. Right. We can't. We can't. Well, especially when you're living and doing life with people, if you are faking it, it will be easily seen. Mm, it will be easily yeah, that's right. transparent. That's right. That's not, that's absolutely right. So people will pick up on it. This is not to say, because this is part of what we're saying, it's not to say we have to be perfect. Yeah, because we definitely aren't. No. Nope. But, but we, we, you know, and yeah, we want to strive to become more and more like Jesus. And by his grace, we're becoming more like him. And we're not, you know, I've seen bumper stickers that, say Christians aren't perfect, they're just forgiven. And you know, I understand what that's getting at and I think there's a lot of truth to that. But a lot of times this type of gospel uh idea is used as an excuse to be like a jerk. Oh, I'm forgiven. God loves me. I can do whatever I want. And that's not that's not what we're talking about. No. We're talking about when the gospel really implants in our hearts our desires change. We want to we want to bless people. We want to serve people. We don't always get it right, but it's there's a changed life. And uh, as one person has said, God doesn't want simply want your afterlife. He wants your present life. So the gospel, the gospel stirs our emotions, our affections, our love, so that we go out and we we are different people. And people say, "Oh, that's a different person than it, than than he was or she was before." And I can see that this good news is really showing up in their life. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, excellent. Any more thoughts, Sean? Well, I just have a practical bit of advice. And uh, this one is a book recommendation. Do we allow that? Is that practical enough, Camille? I think it sounds good. All right. So this, I'm going to recommend a great a, author. I'm going to recommend a book that has been one of the most important and transformative books in my own thinking. And I first read it probably 15 to 20 years ago now. It's by a very good friend of mine, and he might be listening. Uh, And if so, hello, Ty. But the book is called See With New Eyes by Ty Gibson. Uh, It's really, really good. It really gets to the, the, the depths of my soul and speaks to my heart. Some of it is can get pretty deep and heavy, but it's really, really good. Again, it's called See With New Eyes by Ty Gibson. And there's a line, and we kind of alluded to this before, but there is one line in there that has been so pivotal in my own thinking where he says, there is nothing more healing to the human heart than to be fully known and yet fully loved. And the reality is God knows every little corner of our hearts and our lives. He knows all the bad things we've done. He's no, He knows all the mistakes we've made, and yet he still loves and values us. And we know that because Jesus came and he sacrificed himself. He valued us as being more important to uh, the heart of God than his own life was. And so he emptied out himself. He sacrificed himself. And he said, I'd rather be non-existent for eternity than to have uh, 
you know, these children of mine be lost. So Jesus put it all on the line for us and uh, even knowing what he did about us. So that's my practical bit of advice. And uh, thank you for listening. We'll look forward to having you with us again next week. Anything else, Camille, as we shut down? This is Mission Lab. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Mission Lab. Our theme song is Portland Hike by Tiny Music. Additional editing by Chris Ogay. Follow us on Twitter at MLabPodcast.